heavy drinkers, Robin, but they're also human beings. Ah, I love hearing that again. It's so good. It's been so long. Fred, it's been so long since it was just you and me on the mics getting irresponsibly drunk talking about comic books. It's, I know. And to us, you asked me to do the intro. I don't even know what to call this podcast. Are we doing, is, look, is this, is this the nerd out? Is this the MCU or are we revamping drunk comic book history? Here's what I think it is. I think this is welcome to the nerd out. Because this is the nerd out. This is behind the paywall. Thank you so much for paying to be here. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are in for a really special show tonight. This is is bringing out the vault. Exactly. As part of how much we appreciate you being here, we are bringing back... Once upon a time, before this show was anything, it was maybe (laughs) going to be me and Fred get drunk and talk about comics, and it turns out that wasn't a sustainable model. But (laughs) I think that every once in a while, we will break this out and... When it is a character from that people want to know about from Kevin Feige's movie world, I think it's drunk comic book history, colon, MC who, hyphen, Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, and now we have a really obscure one today, because, yeah, I mean, like, like you said earlier, this is all about General Krang from Dimension X and TMNT's first debut whoa, whoa, in 1987. Whoa, hold on, hold on, Fred, 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 Fred. Are we not doing General Krang? No, I just wanted to make sure you knew where he actually started, because you're right, that's the first chronological order, but actually, General Krang, I mean, he goes way back before you ever encountered the turtles, you know? No, of course, we're doing Kang! Kang the Conqueror! (laughs) Silly Fred! Uh, my mistake. The Marvel, the Marvel guy, being played by Jonathan Majors. Right, yes. Made famous in... Loki show. Which what was Loki show again? Look, Loki we can. Okay, so here's how it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. You, I want. I think you're gonna guide the conversation. I want you to ask anything you want about Kang. If you want to talk about the Loki show, we'll talk about that. You and I both have a couple of. I'm. Um, what are you rocking? I have. I have a six pack of Tall Boy Miller Lights. That's what I have. Called. Oh, I have a twelve pack of Stella. Called upon to get me through this. Stella's good. Stella's good. Cool. Yeah. All right. So. I'm going to go... Are you ready to begin? Are we just jumping straight into it? We're talking all about Kang? Ready to go. All right. Uh, When you hear the ding, we will have begun. And yeah, you can start asking questions. And if you run out of stuff, I got some places we can go. So no worries. Here we go. And let's begin here um, as we lead up to our first ding. Yeah, I'll just say, first of all, um, please drink responsibly. We're both in our house and are walking from these microphones to our bed. Uh, I'm, I'm not even walking my microphones out my bed. Your microphones out your bed, even better. Um, and then, yeah. So, why did we want to talk about Kang? Well, this episode's going up the day that Ant Man Quantumania comes out, right? And I think most people are aware if you've seen the trailer that Kang the Conqueror, who's a pretty big deal in Marvel, we're about to get into <laughs> it, is the villain of of the movie, but also might have some some future portents for Marvel. I think that's going to kind of be what we get into a little bit here. <laughs> Now, so this is actually my first question. Okay. Because you said he's the villain. Mm-hmm. Now, in the Loki show, he really, like, the. I'm, I'm assuming, I'm just going to call him Kang, even though I guess he's not technically Kang the Conqueror in the Loki show, but it's the same guy. That's fine. So, is Kang a villain villain? Is he, like, an anti-hero? Is he... Where? 
how evil is this guy really? Yeah. Okay. So Kang's a bad guy. I would say that Kang is a villain. Um, you know, not from Kang's perspective, probably, right? Like he is one of those <laughs> villains that I think sort of has justification for his own behaviors, right? But if we want to go back to the origins of Kang the Conqueror, right? Kang first shows up in the 1960s in the Fantastic Four comics. Uh, it's Fantastic Four number 19, which is a Stan Lee-Jack Kirby joint. One of the mm-hmm. best. Um, and he originally shows up as a character called Ramatut. Uh, and there are a lot of different sort of iterations of Kang, which is kind of what you're getting at, right? The idea that that character that we saw in the Loki show, right, is neither called Kang, nor does he seem to be particularly nefarious. But this is sort of part of the trick with Kang, and, and maybe what part of what we want to explore is there are many, many Kangs, including uh, Ramatut, the Scarlet Centurion, Kid Immortus, and even the most uh, recent Iron Lad is actually a mm-hmm. Kang. Okay, now, what is his motivation? Like, we had a very solid motivation and reasoning from Thanos. Obviously, mm-hmm. that was changed a little bit from the comics to the MCU. Um, I think his MCU one, well, not sensible, made more sense, but the comic one was obviously more comic. What is... Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. Um, yeah. So it yeah, sounds like, like what you're is, getting at, right, is like with Thanos in the comics, like he literally wants to kiss and court. make sweet love to the woman who is also death. Right, uh, yeah. In, embodied. Yeah. So in, and, but in the, in the movies, they just sort of, you know, he wanted the infinity gauntlet, right? He had the ultimate gun right. he was after. Um, yeah. Um, like, you know, but it was like the whole resource thing, like he thought he was doing a good thing for everybody. Oh, perfectly but like, balanced. Yeah. So, uh, what, yeah, what's Kang's, why is he conquering? Uh, well, because he's Kang. So Sorry, Kang is that conquers. not like enough? You don't think that's, that's enough? <laughs> Just that he's Kang? It can't be good enough for you? He's got to do more than that? I mean, you know, okay, so he conquers, but like, what's his tax plan? How does he rule like all over so, uh, the multiverse, the galaxy? What, what's he ruling over? How does he do it? So, okay, here's part of the thing. I, I mean, there was definitely, and we can talk about it if you want. There's a story in the 70s, I think it's called. I have so much Kang stuff pulled up right now. Um... Yeah, there's a story from the 70s. No, 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 no. Pardon me. The 90s? Yeah, here it is. Pardon me. It's in the 90s, where Kang does actually win. Um, But it's very short-lived, and the Avengers actually, you know... Sure. Throw him okay. over, but... um. Part of... And this... So I have seen Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Mm-hmm. This episode will not contain spoilers for that, but something they kind of allude to immediately that was very like comic booky in the movie is that like we, the reader and the Avengers are never encountering Kang in chronological order, right? Like Kang perceives like Tang has a different experience of time than we do, right? So like. Uh, I had had a, I had lent a friend a Dr. Doom comic and she had come back and one of her chief complaints was like, who's this Kang guy? And why does he just come out of nowhere and just have all this stuff going on that we don't know about? And I was like, yeah, that's just Kang. He just kind of does his thing. It's never really clear what his motivations are, but he seems to understand them. But like, we don't know where he's coming from or where he's going or whether or not he has experienced other Kang stories yet. Right. So. 
Interesting. But I can okay. I can talk to you about some. Oops, hold on, I got a drink again. Did we say on mic that we're doing a power hour? Um, I don't remember. We you were supposed to host. These are the things that you're supposed to keep track of. God, this is a lot of beer. I feel like this is how far we get every time, and we go, God, this is a lot of beer. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, here. Well, to your question, though, of, like, what's Kang's deal? Let me take you through a couple big Kang stories. We're not going to obviously hit, like, every story Kang was in. Sure. But I'll take you through a couple kind of major ones that are worth talking about. So in the 70s, I would say the biggest Kang story really worth talking about is the Celestial Madonna saga, mm-hmm. which redefines the character of Kang, but also really shakes up a lot of stuff in the Marvel comic book universe. The Celestial Madonna is, uh, you know her as Mantis from okay. the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so it's the Celestial Madonna saga, which is mostly in... The 1963 Avengers run, but also a couple of Captain Marvel issues and some giant-sized Avengers and Avengers Celestial issues. Um, mm-hmm. But the right, it's principally by Steve Englehart, and it's a story about the awakening of Mantis, who is referred to as the Celestial Madonna. Um, and it's really critical to Kang's history because the mm-hmm. Celestial Madonna is prophesized to bear a child of great power. And Kang appears with the intent to father that child, uh, which, you know, Kang's gross. Um, but the, there's like this complicated connectivity of, of uh, Kang and all his identities. And that's sort of where this becomes revealed, right? Like really the connection between Kang and uh, the character I referred to earlier, right? The uh, Raman Tut character. Yeah. So actually, can I ask you the... There is kind of a big, I wouldn't say spoiler, it's an old thing, but like, Fred, do you know who Kang is? Like, fundamentally, how Kang is related to the rest of our Marvel friends? Um, uh, short answer, no. Okay. I know that he has a big, big starship that has, this is in the shape of a sword. That's, yeah. Um, I know that from the Lego games. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, I, you know, if I had a guess, I'd say he's got something to do with Reed Richards. Cause I feel like that guy like fucks things up way more than he has any right to. Dude, I love your intuition here. Yeah. You're spot on. So <laughs> am I really? <laughs> so in the Celestial Madonna saga, the Avengers team up with Immortus and Rabatut, who are both alternate versions of Kang. And they kind of join the Avengers team to stop Kang the Conqueror, um, mm-hmm. who is sort of. Like, Kang the Conqueror is one of the Kangs, right? And he is sort of the one that mostly Conquers. we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kang the Conqueror, and we can we can sidebar, get into this if you want, and then we can go to more stories. Because uh, we said the Celestial Madonna story. I mean, that's kind of the thing, right? Kang goes to try and be the father of Mantis's prophesized child, and the Avengers team up with other Kangs to stop him. But... Kang the Conqueror, as we know him, and like I say, I imagine this is going to lead you to have some questions. His Christian name is Nathaniel Richards. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's the same surname as Reed Richards. I, I don't... I'm, I'm assuming they're not related, because that would be ridiculous. Well, he but. was born in the 30th century, right? So it's not as if he is like... Reed Richards is like pissed off son, right? <laughs> but he is a great, great descendant of, I think, both the Richard and Doom families. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he and, and 
But then eventually, you know, he gets into the time travel and whatnot and becomes king. Got it. So why should we as an audience like fear Kang more than Thanos? Kang. Right. Cause that, that's ultimately what we're going to compare him to, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, oops. Gonna have to open another can here soon. Um, so we talked about the 70s story, right? I mean, Kang's big thing, right? Is that he travels the multiverse, right? He travels time, space, and dimension, right? He can be anywhere, any when. Uh, to his whim, right? I mean, that's the thing that makes him freaky, right? Okay. Um, and uh, but he's always he's always playing this weird long game, right? He's always trying to like up his stance in these really grand ways, right? Whereas like Thanos's whole thing was, I'm gonna get the glove, I'm gonna do the glove so good, right? Mm-hmm. Kang is like playing the Game of Thrones sort of angle, right? Trying to like anoint himself. Uh, you know, garner political power, things like that, right? Just make himself ever more powerful. The big story from the 80s that's worth talking about is called the Council of Kangs. Um, this is a concept we've heard discussed in Loki already, and a console, a concept that is also discussed a little bit in the Ant-Man movie, um, but this idea that there are many different versions of Nathaniel Richards across many different multiverses, and that they... uh you know, either may work together or against each other, depending on uh, what their interests are at any given time, right? But this 80s storyline... That's such a Reed Richards thing to do, too. (laughs) It is kind of, right? Um, But, so... um, The other big thing, of course, in the 80s is the Secret Wars, right? Uh, Kang's one of the many villains to be selected to go to Battle World the first time Mm -hmm. around. We might want to talk about the Secret War Redux if you want to get into that. But the OG Secret War from the 80s you know, all the good guys go, all the bad guys go, and they have to fight each other. Uh, Kang's one of the bad guys that goes. Um, Doom kills him after Kang betrays Doom, uh, but then Doom brings him back to life later. So, you know, no big deal there. Uh, in a fist fight, who wins, Kang or Captain America? Is Kang allowed to use the many laser beams that shoot out of his body? Okay, well, so you never mentioned the laser beams. This is kind of where I'm getting at. <laughs> okay, you so want to talk powers? Yeah, he's got lasers? Yeah, we can talk powers. So, I mean, yeah, Kang does have, you know, um, the ability to control time and space kind of at a whim. Uh, is that a superpower or is that technology that he has because he's born in the future? It's more like, I mean, I guess, I, I however you would count Iron Man armor, I guess. Okay. Right? Like, like he's got a suit that does his okay. stuff. But he's also very powerful. He's a scary. He's a scary man. <laughs> Which is actually interesting because I think there was definitely a point in time when I was an early comics reader when I thought Kang was a robot. I didn't know he was a man. He's okay. more machine than man now. But you know what I mean? Like he's got that look. I don't know how familiar. Do you know? Like offhand, do you know what Kang looks like? I guess that's even a fair question. I know what he looks like, but I don't know. I guess I'm asking, is it worth us explaining to the listener audience what Kang looks like? Um, vaguely. Like, he's got, like, a blue head. He's got a blue face. He's got a purple and green kind of outfit. He looks like a robot, kind of, uh, or a cyborg, at least. And, yeah, he's often stepping into or out of portals. Um, and trying to conquer stuff. 
So yeah, sorry. So we talked about the eighties, uh, Council of the Kangs, the nineties, the big stuff that Kang had going on. Um, well, there's this story called Avengers Forever, and Avengers Forever is a pretty critical thing to the Avengers in the nineties, just in general, um, because. I mean, it, it is one of the best Kang stories, probably, Avengers Forever. Uh, Kang and a group of Avengers from across time sort of team up against Immortus and the Timekeepers, uh, a group we may have recently met in, in the MCU. Yeah. Um, in the Loki show, yeah. That's yep. like their whole sh- whole shtick. Yeah, so I don't know if the one who, he who remains was supposed to be Immortus or not. But uh, Immortus is the one that's associated with the timekeepers in the comics, and so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say no, and the only reason I think that is because the one who remains like was using the TVA to hold Kang back, mm. then didn't, and then Loki goes back in time and sees Kang in the TVA, mm. right, like in that statue. So if I had to guess, I would say whoever's using the timekeepers now was probably like it's. Those two things sound like they're lining up to me. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. So, right. uh, Avengers for... I, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I don't know anything about Emotus other than what you've told me, but if he's got timekeepers, it sounds like a Kang is now actively in control of timekeepers, and that was the result of Loki, the show. Yeah, no, for sure. It's just, uh, you know, Immortus is one of the Kangs, right? So... <laughs> Whether or not he was the one that looked like he who remains, or if he was the one that the statue was, or if he was a different one, I guess maybe will remain to be seen. But anyway, the timekeepers are the main villains of Avengers Forever, and it's sort of this whole battle across time sort of thing, where they're, you know, slipping in and out of dimensions and stuff. And it really kind of not only deals with that Kang Immortus relationship. But it, um, like at the end of that whole series, they seem to actually be different people now for the first time ever. Like maybe they're not on the same timeline. This is an idea that they start to play around with, right? Is like maybe these different versions of Kang that we know aren't actually the same person, you know, at different points in their timeline, right? Maybe they could be variants for, I think is how we would talk about it in the MCU, right? Interesting. Okay, so we could have multiple Kangs just showing up and wrecking havoc, each with their own agenda. Yeah, definitely. Oh, we could definitely have that, for sure. Hmm, interesting. Now, I'm hesitant to ask this question because I know you've seen the new Sandman. I will not. I will stay far away from any kind of spoiler. Don't worry about that. Okay. Well, it's just like how... Like, you. so you've got this interdimensional conqueror. Mm Mm-hmm. Named Kang. How does that... Right. Yeah. Kang. Um, famously conquering things. Big thing for him. How does, he, how does he enter like into the quantum room? Like, why is Ant-Man the guy that's interacting with him first? Mm. Like, that That doesn't... Everything we've known... Like, everything you've told me about him so far, I don't see how the quantum realm is the thing that's pulled in. Maybe because the MCU established that as time travel. I'm not positive. It's just... How did Ant-Man go from two small neighborhood San Francisco deals to International Conqueror? Like, how how does that villain jump happen? Well, here, let's do that that way. Let's follow that as opposed to the 
Kang question, because I will say that that question that you're asking about, why does Kang end up in the quantum realm, that is answered in Ant-Man and the Wasp, colon, Quantumania. Okay. So I'll leave that for folks to discover when they go see the movie. But what I will say that I think is interesting, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, is like, from my perspective, Paul Rudd has sort of suddenly become one of the most important guys on the Avengers, right? Not only because of the folks left in the MCU, he was one of he's one of the elder statesmen now, right? But also mm-hmm. because it certainly seems like Feige and crew are very interested in having Cassie Lang be a part of the young Avengers, right? Which is clearly something they're interested in ramping up pretty quickly here. So I think mm-hmm. those are probably two reasons why the Ant-Man team you know, finds themselves really quickly escalated here at the start of this phase five. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the young Avengers thing has kind of been like drip, drip, drip. They were foreshadowing, they were foreshadowing that forever. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't think they know who they want to be on that team at all, though, is the thing. Like, I think they keep sort of, you know, right. Running people up the flagpole to see how we'll feel about them. You get what I mean? Right, yeah, but like, I don't know, they had three whole phases to lead it up to what we cared about for the current team. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I don't think they... I just don't know if they I, get a sense for like what characters they want on it, right? Like, they just, it seems like everybody, you know, on, obviously we have Yelena as the new Black Widow, but then in that, um, in that... Falcon. And she's actually kind of she's older for the the group like as far as everyone else goes too right like because we have like she's clearly a competent soldier but then you've got uh shit I don't remember the Hawkeye girl yep because um, she's Kate she's Bishop. younger than yes thank you Kate Bishop Kate Bishop yeah um right because she's you know younger and clearly not as Yep, but I think, well, I guess actually Yelena might end up in the Thunderbolt, so maybe she's not a young Avenger, but... Okay. And then if it felt like America Chavez, definitely... America Chavez, I think, is definitely a candidate. I don't know whether or not Peter Parker is a candidate, right? Um, Mm -hmm. There are, I think, potential people coming in the Guardians movie that could end up as candidates. I don't know for sure. Like, I don't have any inside knowledge. I just know that universe and have some guesses about people we might see in that movie. Um, okay. but yeah, in, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there was a young man who was introduced whose grandfather had been experimented on as one of the first Captain uh, Americas. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do, but he didn't seem very interested in any of the heroic stuff. Right? No, but he was a piece that Feige put on the board, right? Like if you want a young Captain America character and then again, you know, eventually we're going to get Riri Williams as Ironheart. We have, um... Mm-hmm. Oh, what's her name? Black Panther's sister. Shuri. Shuri. Yep. So, so there's a lot of them out there, and I mean, all of this is relevant because we sh- we can take a t- second to talk about Iron Lad, who is a Kang. Okay. Now I don't know who Iron Lad is. This is is he? Should I know? Well, Iron Lad. So he's not in the MCU or anything. Okay. But as a character, he was introduced to the comics in Young Avengers in 2005. Um, oh, okay. So he's pretty new. But he's a 16-year-old king. He was um, 
rescued by his time-traveling adult self. And um, eventually ends up in the present where he works for the Avengers, basically under the argument that maybe he's not Kang. You know, maybe he's just his own guy. Why do we have to assume he's going to become Kang? He seems nice. Uh, and it's a really interesting story and something that I wouldn't be opposed to, like, exploring whenever this young Avengers team does come together. Because it's an interesting question, and especially if they want to start talking about things like multiverses and variants and destinies and, and things like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime a, a movie can, like, kind of approach nature versus nurture in a really nuanced and interesting way, I'm kind of all for it. Um, and I think that that would be a good character do, to do it with. Um, just depends on how like cliche they want to make it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, and do you know, I guess, Fred, are you aware of what the, the modern Secret Wars, the 2015 comic, have we talked about that very much? We have not. So there's two different Secret Wars, right? There was the, the Secret Wars that we mentioned earlier, right? Which was in the 70s, which is, this oh, hold on, I have a I have a burp coming, so please excuse me if I have to stop speaking for a minute. But there's a uh, all the bad guys of Earth and all the good guys of Earth all get kidnapped away to this world place called Battle World, and they all have to fight to see who's better, right? Then in the 2015 issue, uh, 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 let me see if I can I've pulled up the thing here because I can't quite remember who kicks it off. Um, but the idea is that it might actually be Kang, which is part of why I want to... I think in the movie it'll be Kang either way. But um, my point is they bring, like, ton, like even more people than ever before, right? So, like, there's an entire, like, Thor core of police officers that are just made up of all the different versions of Thor. And they're all on Battle World making sure that you go to the battles you're supposed to go to or whatever, right? Hmm. And there's, like, Sheriff Strange. God Emperor (laughs) Doom, right? There's, like, all these different versions of all the characters. And it would be... Yeah, me too. Um, But it would... I I was thinking that the... You know, because we have a movie in the MCU slate already called Secret Wars. And I think everybody's assuming from the chatter I've heard that it's going to be this more recent one, right? Not necessarily the old one. Although... You know, whether or not Venom suit Spider-Man shows up, a famous piece from the old one. You know, I'm not counting all that out. Um, but, you know, it's like it's it's Spider-Man No Way Home on steroids, right? Like, not only do you have three different Spider-Man in the same movie, you have all the different versions of everybody in the same movie, right? I think that's the appeal. Okay, yeah. I think that's oh. why I could see them doing that. But... Yeah, the reason I bring it up is because I could see in the movie version all of that being Kang's doing, right? Just how we've seen sort of Kang and the multiverse interact so far on the screen, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just all, it's all seemed very interesting to me. But I also think it could be a cool, right? Like, it would be wild to get... I mean, Deepak has talked about... I don't remember, actually, if it was... I think this was Deepak's take. He had hoped to see animated Miles Morales in Far From Home. (laughs) I wouldn't necessarily count that out of more of a Secret Wars type movie, right? But, um... No, that's not happening. 
right? Like I don't, I don't know. In a secret wars, I could see it in a secret wars. I would, I would put a live action Tom Holland in the Spider Verse two movie before an animated. Just come slipping in for a minute. They all look so animated anyway. Yeah, but you're talking about like the cartoon style, right? Like, yeah, I think that'd be cool. <laughs> I think that'd be good. Um, anyway, yeah, n- neither here nor there. I just wanted to mention it. Also, obviously, like we mentioned, God Emperor Doom, a big part of that story. And uh, maybe unsurprising, we already talked about some of his his ancestral lineage. But Kang and Doom have a... A, a, a difficult, I'd say, relationship to define. Um, they're not allies, but they're also not enemies, necessarily. I feel like you could say that about literally every single person that interacts with Victor Von Doom. <laughs> yeah, but I think Doom and Kang have a real enemy of my enemy is my friend for now style relationship. Okay. <laughs> Where, like, there are times when Richards is really getting under both of their skins. <laughs> In which case, maybe they can find each other to be mutually helpful. But they're, they're never getting into any sort of long-term alliance with each other or things like that. But they do cross paths a lot and are maybe, like, forced to make an uncomfortable alliance with each other. Which, as you say, is sort of a Doctor Doom signature move. He also has that a lot with Namor. And I don't know if you have seen uh, Wakanda Forever yet, now on Disney+. No, Plus. Not. But it would be cool. I would be very in for an MCU team-up of the MCU's version of Namor, the MCU's version of Kang, and then whatever they end up choosing to give me on the Doctor Doom front. I, mm. I'd be here for that. That'd be silly. Oh, God. So much beer. So much beer, I know, right? They told me it was less filling. So, okay. We kind of have Kang's lineage. Mm-hmm. We kind of have Kang's powers. Sense of what he gets up to, yeah. Sense of what he gets up to. I'm still not entirely... So he's, through political machinations, like, getting himself in charge of more and more power and stuff. Like, that's, like, his shtick. Oh, that's right. You were asking what's kind of... Okay. Do you want to talk about the time he stole those kids? Sorry? That's like a big thing he did. Stole a bunch of kids? Just two. He, so, uh, he impersonated Loki. This was pretty modern, actually, but I will say this. <sighs> How much detail do we want to go into here? So this is pretty modern, but this was part of a pretty modern story that seems to be the basis of a lot of the, what the MCU is doing right now. Um, this uncanny Avengers <laughs> title eventually led into an event that is very much the basis of the Doctor Strange multiverse stuff. So, like okay, I said, yeah, I did want to talk about that next because that feels like it lines up pretty well with all this. Okay, yeah, yeah. So this is all part of that, right? So in mm-hmm this story that's called uncanny Avengers that came out a couple years ago. Um, Kang impersonated Loki and kidnaps twin babies. And they are the children of two of apocalypse's horsemen. He then 
raises those babies in an alternate reality. Mm-hmm. But then the Apocalypse Twins destroy Kang's future. Naturally, continue. Uh, Kang then forms the Kronos Corps uh, with individuals he saved from alternate dimensions throughout his own timeline. And then the Kronos Corps kind of help to save Earth, which allows Kang to absorb cosmic powers of a dead celestial, which was pretty cool. To what end? Like, why? You know, Kang why stuff. did he do this? Just Kang stuff. Okay. So he just... Just Kang being Kang, man. All right. So, forgive me. Mm-hmm. Um, my big takeaway here, um, after a solid 30 minutes of us talking about Kang and drinking a lot of beer. Yes. Sounds like Kang is this super powerful dude. Uh-huh. He's got lasers, can control time and space around him. Yeah. Uh, through political machinations, wants to be in control of everything. Yeah, I mean, he just, yeah, he wants to conquer. Is, yeah. Right. Vaguely related to Reed Richards and Dr. Doom. Uh huh. Um, and does a bunch of random stuff that we're not entirely sure of his motives, but clearly have some overarching theme. Yeah. Eventually. He seems to have a plan. I don't know that we, the audience, or the reader are ever in a position where we feel like we really have a firm grasp on where Kang's going this time. Okay. I mean, I know where he, we know where he is, and we know his eventual goal is con- conquer. So, you know, I mean, it's, I guess it's like that South Park meme, right? Where it's like, <laughs> step, step two, one. question mark. <laughs> step three, profit. Okay. All right. Uh, so that's interesting. Step one, whatever you're looking at right now. Step two, question mark. Step three, conquer. Got it. Now, in the most recent Doctor Strange film, yes, we were introduced to America Chavez. Le Multiverse de Madness. Now, America Chavez is really important because she could traverse the multiverse, right? Not at will, but she eventually like, had the genetic potential to, right? Like, that's fair to say? Yeah. Um, and that was super important to Wanda Maximoff because she wanted to have that power to see all of her kids. And it's clearly like this is some unique thing to America Chavez. Yeah. Right. Uh, it seems like from what you're telling me, Kang should be able to do that also. Hmm. Travel the multiverse, you mean? Right. Yeah. Because he seems like, well, multiverse... Chavo seems like something he's been doing. Yeah. He can right. do that. Okay. Okay. So. So does America Chavez matter? Well, what do you mean matter? Like, okay, hold on. This is. What do you mean matter? Like. I don't know. Captain America strong. Hulk strong. Right? Like, people sometimes have similar power sets. It doesn't mean the other ones are relevant. They're different. Right? Like. Okay. America Chavez, I mean, hold on, let me confirm this before I speak on it, because she is a newer character, and I don't always know the newer characters as well as I know the older characters, and of course, when I do it now, it brings me up with the character from the film, I thought she gave very good performance, though, I'm happy to learn about her, just not what I'm looking for right now. 
I think what I'm looking for to confirm here, Fred, is I think she's an inhuman, which is like oh, okay. always a little. That's always an interesting topic to the inhumans. Yeah, that's right. It's like a little third rally, but I'm checking here because hold on. I don't see her. Li- it's not listed under any of her team affiliations. So maybe maybe she's not. Oh, is she a mutant? No, she, she's just she's just whatever tech she is. Utopian parallel reality, the time and presence of being, the presence of creative name. Yeah, no, she's just weird. Okay, so she just naturally has the ability that Kang is built into his suit. Well, let's not say built into his suit, but yeah, that Kang has technologies that allow him to manipulate. Yeah. For sure. That is true. Okay. Okay. All right. But yeah, she can do it on natural, so to speak. Got it. All right. So who's winning a fight, Kang or Scarlet Witch? Oh, okay. I mean, here's the thing that I keep coming up against, right? Like, for me, you know how, you know how, you know how Wolverine is like the best at what he does, but what he does isn't very nice. Oh, yeah. No, he told me that. Yeah. And you know how, like, you watch him fight so many people, and and he's just, you know, even... And, and Jackman does this so well, right? I just wanted to drink for Jackman. Jackman does this so well, right? Where he mm-hmm. kind of encapsulates that physical fury and rage and whatever. And, like, yeah. you look at that character and you go, man, what a fighter. He, he, he's all offense and he needs no defense because he cannot be put down, right? Mm-hmm. And then he fights Magneto. And it's just like, yeah. Everybody so moves forward through time, baby. That's like having metal bones for Kang. Like, he can just, he can just put you on a little loop for a bit if he wants to, you know? Oh, so he can control time for other people, too. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, we should have talked about that. That is an interesting ability. He controls time. Yeah, but like... Did I stutter? No, but you didn't say that ahead of time. Yeah, no, controlling time. That's more, that's more impressive than the lasers. Oh, well, yeah, it's definitely more impressive than the lasers, for sure. But he does both. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. he Yeah, he has control over time and space in reality okay if you will right so not just in the i can travel through any time no yeah he can control it for other people also yeah okay and he uses that to great effect in the mcu in the films or in the comics oh you know whatever the most recent thing about kang that you might have seen you know whatever I will say in the movie, at the very least, what I will tell you with no spoilers is that he certainly at least threatens some people with that. Interesting. Yeah, there is definitely him at least at the very least, you know, saying, hey, you better do what I want if you don't want to have to live through a real bad thing over and over and over again. Hmm. That's a scary power. 
Yeah. It's- Can we pause here really quickly? Mm-hmm. Thank you. I have to pee so bad. No worries. Sorry, back. No worries. All right. Cool. So, okay. So he's he can put people in time loops as a thing. So how does anyone fight him if he can just do that? Does he not always do that? He does. Well, Is that the thing? Well, let's put it this way, right? We've already talked about how there are multiple Kangs, right? Right. And like mm-hmm. Kang the Conqueror. Versus someone like, uh, you know, Raman Tut, for example, right? Like, mm-hmm. you might be dealing with different skill sets in that. But I also, you know, and I think that we can say confidently, spoiler free, probably, that uh, mm-hmm. given the th- the things that we saw in Loki season one on Disney Plus, uh, if anyone hasn't mm-hmm. had a chance to check that out yet, I think we're living in a post Council of the Kangs world. Does that seem fair to you? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to say for sure because I don't know enough about the Council of the Kings. Well, he just. But yeah, it, it, it sounds it sounds right from what you've told me. And in that episode, right, like when they meet Jonathan Majors' character for that very short amount of time, he talks about how there are many of him, right, and how they all got together to try and fix the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that feels Council of the Kangs to me, maybe. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had forgotten that he'd said that, but yeah, you're right. So just, if that's the case, I guess I don't know how much we should be concerned about... You know, I mean, the Fantastic Four went up against Ramatut, who was a time traveler from the future, right? He wasn't just a, an old-fashioned, you know, Egyptian pharaoh, right? So they all mm-hmm. always have something going on, right? It's not as if, oh, this is the Kang from the past. He's nothing to worry about. Whereas, oh, the future Kang, he's something, he's something we really have. You know, Kang is an Avengers level threat. Mm-hmm. 
or at the very least, always a team level threat. Because he did start off, and I do want to speak to this a little bit. And also, I just wanted to mention, as is a custom, uh, a customary. There you go. That's there's the evidence right there. As is customary when we get into the last twenty minutes of this thing, I'm starting to feel a little drunk. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, we should maybe talk a little bit about how Kang is a Fantastic Four bad guy, right? And we just have yeah. no Fantastic Four representation, you know, yet proper in the MCU, right? Of course, we've met Namor, who is a Fantastic Four villain, but is also a Black Panther villain and who shows up in the Black Panther movie, of course. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious, and I wanted to pull up the MCU Phase 5 film slate here, but I'm trying to figure out, I guess... If Kang is the topic, how they're going to unpack Kang, right? Because apparently for Phase 5, we're going to go Ant-Man and the Wasp, Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvels, Captain America, New World Order, Thunderbolts, and Blade, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I take your word for it. I, I don't know. I'm that. looking at it right now, yeah. So that's, okay. that's the yeah. order there. None of those feel to me... Like, it feels like Kang's probably not going to come back up for a while, Right. Maybe shows up in some post credits. Maybe shows up in, you know, conceivably could show up in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I suppose. But Well, yeah, I mean, like, so I'm, I'm doing my best to not question you about Ant-Man just because I, I do respect that we don't want to make this a spoiler episode. But, I would also say there's not honestly that much to be said about the character proper in Ant-Man. I mean, like, it's a very... So, that that's good. That does kind of go into what I was going to ask about. Because does it feel like they're setting up Kang to be the new Thanos, right? Yes. Because that is my biggest, like, there's a power vacuum there for as far as villains go. And so we had what the first Avengers is where Thanos was originally introduced, probably. That's right. Like, properly. That's right. Right. Yep. And then it took many, 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 many more movies before he became a before Infinity War. Right. Like it took a while to get there for sure. But what did we have? So, right. We had Avengers. Thanos first shows his ugly mug. Right. Right. Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Or wait, no, Ultron is I'll do it myself. Right? Shows up in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Just sits on a chair and is grumpy, I believe. Right. And then shows up in Thor Ragnarok in a big way. And right, then, but like there were other movies in between that too, right? Like yeah, no, had, I'm just trying to think of like yeah. what were the Thanos sightings, right? Okay, yeah. So because um, and this is, I mean, you're thinking of what I'm getting at, right? Which is, I just took you through the phase five, which mm-hmm. I think we're saying no clear place for Kang to pop up, right? Between now and the end of 2024, right? Mm-hmm. Fall of 2024, we get Deadpool 3. Probably no Kang there, if I had to guess. 
then 2025 is Fantastic Four and Avengers Kang Dynasty. And then the first movie they have slated for 2026 is Secret Wars. That's Kang, Kang, Kang. Okay. Which, I mean, that does kind of track with the Thanos thing, though, right? Because that's what... Yeah. Ra- uh, Ragnarok, no, uh, whatever. And, uh, Endgame and Infinity War. Infinity War, yeah. Um... Interesting. I had really thought that the Fantastic Four movie was going to be Doctor Doom centric for a long time, but the more I think about it, the more I think it's just got to be a Kang movie. Like, if there was yeah, a I mean, Marvel well, hero who you could say, "Oh yeah, Thanos is a Punisher bad guy or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way they wouldn't have done a Punisher, right? It's just that he's not. He's just his own mm-hmm. thing. But for Kang, Kang is a Fantastic Four bad guy, right? So not putting him up against the Fantastic Four, I guess, seems weird to me. But also for me, I want a Fantastic Four movie that takes place like long before the Avengers ever show up like i want a fantastic four movie that takes place in the 60s right so (laughs) maybe a little bit that's also dependent on that i've also heard a rumor that the shang chi movie which i believe is going to come out between the kang dynasty and secret wars although i'm not sure i've heard a rumor from someone i trust who says that the subtitle for Shang-Chi 2 is called Shang-Chi and the Shattering of Time. And if that is true, I think that could be very interesting. Well, you've not seen the original Shang-Chi movie. I just did. I have watched it since we spoke last. Okay, cool. Yeah, because this is... Yeah, you had not spoken (laughs) since we... So they don't do any no interesting nothing to do with time in that movie no. So th- it all right. I'm with you. I don't necessarily know where it'll fit in aside from the idea that maybe Shang Chi fights Kang or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. The interesting thing that is definitely there is the idea that Destin Daniel Cretton, who was the uh, director and I believe also the writer. Oh, no, pardon me, pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm misspeaking. No, 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 I'm not. Pardon me, yeah. Destin Daniel Cretton, who is the writer, director and screenwriter on the first movie, is the director and screenwriter who is slated for the sequel. He's also doing some other Marvel work. Uh, Power Man, I think, on Disney+. Plus. But his company... I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But his production company is the only company aside from Ryan Coogler's company that has a production deal with Marvel. So there's Coogler's company and there's uh, Cretton's company, which makes me think that Shang-Chi is going to be an important piece in the future of the MCU. If they gave this sort of exclusive Daniel, uh, you know, Coogler style deal to this guy, right? The thing is, I could actually see... So you saw how Shang-Chi ended, right? Yep. With his sister kind of running the new mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hip mm-hmm. League of Shadows. I, don't, I know it's not the League of Shadows, yeah, but yeah. I'm going to call League of Shadows. <laughs> yeah. um, I could see that fitting in fairly well with Young Avengers. 
Mm. Right. Like, it's got that vibe. I could definitely see that, for sure. Um, sorry, I'm just sad that I'm going to have to open one more beer. Oh, God, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm just so full. That's always the thing with the power hour, right? Yeah. Is you get full. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess I don't know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how Shang-Chi plays into all of it. We'll have to see if Kang comes knocking at the Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings doors or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not right. sure where he will fit in in the future. Uh, do you want to just run through some fun facts about Kang? Yeah. Um, yeah, so here's here's what he's working with. You've been asking me all about this suit. Here's what he's working with on the suit. Mm-hmm. He has battle armor that is produced from a rare synthetic alloy from the 40th century that is neurokinetic, meaning it responds 40th century. to his subconscious thoughts. Is he from 40K? If you told me, why did you not say that he was from 40K? I don't think he is. 40th I mean, no, his armor is. I just don't think he is. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you know. He's from oh, stupid Bell. Oh, maybe he is. Sorry. Pardon me. Yeah, base of operations, the 40th century of Earth, Chronopolis, Limbo. Okay. All right. So he's from Holy Terror. See, you should have just told me that, and I've been like all about. Pardon me. Yeah. Now I didn't realize you guys are so close. Yeah. So he's got his crazy future suit with his telekinesis powers. Mm-hmm. He has no powers. His armor endows him with rough equivalent of superhuman abilities. He can lift five tons. Mm-hmm. He has a force field that extends two feet away from his body. Okay. He has anti-gravity devices that can allow uh, render objects weighing up to 2.2 tons weightless. Is that in addition to the five tons he can lift? I suppose. He uh, has a video communicator on his watch. I mean, mundane, but useful. He can travel through time. Okay. He can issue concussive blasts. Okay. He has, uh, by cracking his fingers, Kang can summon any number of weapons which are transported to him through time stream instantly. Okay. That actually, he was it... Who did Idris Elba play in the latest Suicide Squad movie? Uh, he does the same thing, right? With his, he can crack his knuckles and summon weapons through the time stream. I don't think that's what that guy could do. He, no, I mean, he summons weapons through like a portal or whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Right. I don't recall. Um, he can. I don't think they did it in the actual movie, but like. Oh, okay. I'll look into it then. Uh, he can flex his muscles to activate a powerful electric shock. I mean, who can't? <laughs> he can, uh, oh, sorry, he often uses hover pads, which are like kind of blue energy fields that he can stand on. Bing! So not hover boots, he just makes a hover pad. Yeah. He can also fly, though. Um, his armor has a self-contained oh, atmosphere. <laughs> okay. As well as uh, 30 days of food and waste disposal system. And until recently, he employed 
nanotechnology in his helmet circuitry that allowed him to transfer his mind to a new body at the moment of his death. That's useful. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. But does that new body also have a suit? I think so. Okay. Well, but there you go. Uh, he also has antimatter defense screen generators and a vibration ray projector, electromagnetic field amplifier, neutrino ray warhead missile launcher, parentheses, okay. handgun size. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't. Electrical paralysis generator, nerve gas sprayer, and mo- right. molecular expander. So we have a couple minutes left on this mm-hmm. power hour. Mm-hmm. All this sounds super impressive. Yeah. Right. He also has, a, um, as you mentioned, a large ship. How does he lose in the comics? Ah. Yeah. So, I mean, oftentimes, as we discussed, there are different versions of Kang who will team up with the Avengers to fight Kang. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes because they want to be the version of Kang that conquers. So there's that. That'll help. Um, But then also, I think, you know, he, like so many comic book villains, because that's who we have to remember we're dealing with here, uh, is prone to bouts of vanity and pride, you know, like mm-hmm. he's easily, he's easily tripped up. He, he thinks he's gonna father the child of the celestial Madonna and then zip, zap, zoom, the Avengers get him, you know, like hmm. he is, uh, not unbeatable. He is just very powerful. Okay. So he does not. The, would you say he has a hard counter? Like Superman uh, can't deal with magic. Um, you know, Batman can't deal with not having prep time. That's an like, interesting. A lot of people would go with Kryptonite for, for Superman. Or are you trying to specifically say not a weakness, just like something he just can't deal with well? Yeah, the the hard is counter... It, I got as yeah. opposed to a weak... Or is it... No, no, no. That was... Uh, I was going to say... I was trying to remember what the middle stat on the Pokemon card was. Remember, it was resistance, weakness, and then something else. Oh, God. It's, where's Tanner when you need him? Where I was about to say. Where is Tanner when you need him? Not doing a power hour, that's where. But... um. No, this does not sound like it's like. I think that the big, like, if I hear your question, and I think that what I would say, which A, good answer, Riley, B, I think this gives us maybe a little bit of a window into what the future of the MCU holds. Mm-hmm. I think that Kang is only truly superior when he is the only one with control over time and space. I think when other people start to grapple with those same powers or when uh, when when perhaps Kang thinks he has set up a scenario, you know, that people won't be able to overcome and sometimes, you know, they they do right. They kind of band together or whatever in ways that I think he maybe doesn't 
believe are possible and that can kind of be his undoing sometimes as well right like trying to pin enemies against each other but instead they team up against him okay so kang hates the level playing field yeah for sure Hmm. i think i think when engaged on a level playing field he is pretty easy to defeat interesting okay right like those apocalypse twins that he kidnapped he gave him a leg up by giving them the power to travel through time like he could, and they totally nixed his future because they were all pissed at him because he kidnapped them when they were babies. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, did not think ahead on that one. No. Um, hmm. That's the thing. My guy can travel through time, so it's not always, you know, Mr. Plans a lot. He is kind of a sad character in the modern Marvel Comics continuity. Oh, yeah. He's just like kind of like, I mean, the most recent place he showed up was in this Dr. Doom run called Potterville, where Doom is running just like Latveria and Kang just kind of pops in like sort of all nihilistic every once in a while. <laughs> like, what am I even doing here? People are like he's dealing with some like coup or something and he just shows up to talk to Doom every once in a while. <laughs> Just like some supervillain showing up at the comedian's house and just be like, oh man, it's all, it's all fucked. Basically, yeah. Like Doom's like <laughs> dealing with, like I said, like coups in Latveria and shit. And Kang just shows up every once in a while just needing a guy to talk to. <laughs> Doom's like, get well, out of my house. <laughs> he is a doctor. Hey, great point. All right. I think we did it. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um, you know, Sparse information on Krang the General, but, you know, Kang the Conqueror, also good. Can I actually tell you? Yeah. I'm going to keep the timer going. But I am hoping to start my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles read-through, like, next week. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I got a hold of a bunch of the classics, uh, like the old school stuff from the 80s. So I'm hoping to go through some of the black and white run and then time permitting some of the idw run so we could get back together and talk turtles later in the year for sure i mean you're joking about krang but we can talk krang with two a's if you want no i look i love the turtles um i think that everybody has their own special favorite ninja turtle and i think that that immediately tells everybody something about you um i and I don't think any other superhero combo like does that like the turtles do. And mm-hmm. so like they have a special place in my heart. Um, mm-hmm. because everybody has their favorite Ninja Turtle and everybody's right. Right. Yeah. That being said, it sounds like you maybe have a particular favorite one that you want to stump for. I mean, like obviously, but like that's neither here nor there. Fred, who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Oh, it's Leo. 100%. Why is that? Well, so... All right. I mean, if we're going to get into it. No, first off, I've been talking so much comics. Why don't you... Yeah, spit, spit turtle knowledge, man. I am a firm subscriber to the belief that um, Splinter gave all the turtles a weapon to, like, immediately temper their worst instincts. Uh-huh. So, like, Leo gets these two hyper lethal blades but doesn't kill anyone with them Mm. and i think that like the idea of complete self-control 
with your weapons like that. I think that's super important, right? And so you can also see it with, like, Raph, right? Who's, like, he's got the two Psy, which are, like, entirely defensive, but he's, like, such a big and boastful and, like, aggressive character, mm-hmm. right? Or, or you've got, like, Donatello with the stick who's got just, like, he's super smart and, like, real into tech, but, like, he's got a wooden stick yeah. as his weapon. Sure. It's like, all right, just deal with it, right? Like, that's... The idea that the weapons are so, like, opposite these guys' characters and that Leo needs to deal with this, like, yeah. No, uh, Leo's the way to go. But That's interesting. Fred, maybe you should do the turtle. I actually, I'm a real turtles novice. That's why I was excited to get a hold of these comics. <coughs> I don't know much about the turtles. Sounds like maybe you should be running the turtle comic talk. You know, I, I dabble in the turtles. I'm not going to lie. I love that. Yeah. Cool. Well, should we should we thank should we thank the folks? Yeah. Say 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 good night, Fred. Good night, Fred. <laughs> no, uh, honestly, if you made this far, thank you so much for listening. If you I, made it this far, hold on, let me stop this. We're done with that. <laughs> if you made it this far, yeah, you really you're really one of the one of the real ones. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us talk about Kang. Our tummies are so full. No, and then sound off what you want to disclose. Is this the MCQ? Is yeah, this let us know in the comments. The, the, no, or, or are we are we revamping drug complications? Are we bringing it back? Let us know. Maybe we're bringing it back and we didn't know. Uh, yeah, only you know if it happens, it happens. There's only one way that we can find out, and it's if you, because you are a paid subscriber. You can head to the website, you can hop on the comments, and you can let us know what you want to hear more of. A, is this the right thing to call it? And B, who do you want to hear us talk about? Do you want a Turtles app? Do you want to uh, that Flash movie's coming out? Do you want to hear us talk about the origins of multiple Flashes and Flashes and multiverses and things like that? Do you want us to get into it? Do you want to... Do you want to know about World War Hulk? Because that Captain America movie is going to come or or what the Marvels is going to be about. You know, just let us know. Hop in the comments. Tell us what you want us to drink and talk about. And we'll do it. Right, Fred? Absolutely. But most importantly, thank you. Thank and you. if Craig the Conqueror was going to play rock, paper, scissors, would he do rock, paper, or scissors? Let us know. Let us know. <laughs> Have you ever seen that XKCD that's like things you can say to the rhythm of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I'm, I'm quick. 
Yeah, here you go. It's Wikipedia article titles with the right syllabic stress pattern to be sung to the tune of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. Here we go. Ace Ventura, pet detective, biggest loser, second chances, Cayman Island, blue iguana, heroes on the half shell. I mean, I could go all day. There's a ton of them. Central Texas Pocket Gopher, Church of Jesus Christ Creator, Climate Change and Meat Production, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Daylight Savings Time in China, Denver Airport People Mover, Easter Island Spiny Lobster, Edgar Allan Poe Museum, Eugene Failure, uh, Engine Failure After Takeoff, English as a Second Language, Former Arctic Monkey Members, Fuller's Modern English Usage, uh, Georgia Game and Fish Department, Golden Golden Mantled Howler Monkey, Greater Cleveland Film Commission, Harry Fowler Chafer Beetle, Asian Human Rights Commission, Harlan David Colonel Sanders, Human Tissue Resource Network, Klondike Class Destroyer Tender, Legal Code of North Dakota, Lesser Kenwap Flower Weevil, Lockheed Martin Atlas Rocket, Maple Syrup Urine Syndrome, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Nebulous Maskline Facial Syndrome, sorry, Nebulous Maskline Facial Syndrome, San Diego City Council, Neo Geo Pocket Color, Single Player Health Insurance, uh, New Year's Eve with Carson Daly, Newton's Second Law of Motion, North Korea Workers' Party, Orange County Business Council, Over Under Cable Coiling, Peter Parker Pumpkin, Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater, Places Named for Adolf Hitler, Proton Proton Chain Reaction, Spotted Giant Flying Squirrel. No, but I'm recording is the problem, friend. Puerto Rican Lizard Cuckoo Quantum Vacuum Plasma Thruster Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever Royal Flying Doctor Service Russia's Women Fascist Movement Semi-Active Laser Guidance Seven Brides for Seven Brothers Sherlock Holmes A Game of Shadows Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon tra- Trailing Suction Hopper de- Degrader Vector Graphics Makeup Language VT Louvre Giant pi- VT Levu Giant Pigeon Here we go. Voting rights in Puerto Rico, William Henry, Duke of Gloucester, Windows Vista, Startup Process, Woodrow Wilson, Woody Guthrie, Yaba Monkey, Tumor Virus, Second Miri, Makeup Porno, Woman Science Fiction, Autors, Heroes on the Half Shell. 